This thing is scratch and sniff. <laughs> Who is your last like sweat? Guess? Yeah. My friend Kevin. Yeah. He's clean. He's yeah. Fairly For the clean. most part. Or he said he was, right? Yeah. That was part of his He's thing. the one who gave his kids a stink pass. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Dues to Dads is a podcast to help men understand and navigate the transition of being a single dude into a family man. How do we make sense of it all? Well, we probably won't be able to, but let's go ahead and have some fun trying. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dudes to Dads podcast. I'm Jason Kreidman. And I'm Alan Bush. And today we have... A guest that is actually a professional, an actual professional, an actual professional versus Not a professional dad, but he's actually a professional. well, he's a professional dad and okay. a professional that actually is a doctor that works in this field that we talk about about Perfect. helping helping guys, uh, parents, families, uh, men transition, yeah. all of this stuff we talk about. Yeah, he actually knows what he's talking about. <laughs> he has a degree in this. Yeah, he has a degree in this. So, uh, <laughs> Doctor Daniel Singley. Danny, please. Danny. Danny. We'll, we'll see at the end of the show. We'll see <laughs> yeah. how professional I am. You be the judge. I think he's going to fit right in. Yes. There well, you go. <laughs> so we definitely want to talk um, and get some some really good nuggets from the professional standpoint. Um, want to understand a little bit about your history and sort of you know how you came to be into this field. Um, if I understand correctly, because I, I think we first met... Um, or at least came in contact with each other when I was starting the meetup group and you were very happy that, wow, there's actually other people doing this because you had been doing this for, what, 10, 15 years yeah. already. Yeah, I was really excited to see that meetup group. And I came in a little late to this game. I mean, he's, <laughs> you know, he's been doing this, practicing this. Yeah. And um, so it was really, really nice though, to actually see that um, you know, there are other people that were even from the professional standpoint of really focusing on the issues that men are dealing with. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to just understand, you know, how did you get started? How, you know, you have a, you're a psychologist and, you know, how did you get started? You went to school and then said, OK, yeah, I want to focus on the issues that men are having. Yeah, I finished grad school right when my my we were pregnant with my older son. Okay. And at that, you know, grad school in psychology is a fairly reflective <laughs> kind of endeavor, at least it sure. can be. And so while I was, you know looking inward and sort of thinking about my own masculinity and fatherhood and my identity. And at that time when we were taking parenting classes, there was just nothing, there was very little in the way of, you know, so I'm a, I'm a, I come from a clinical research background. There was right. very little in the way of solid research on the transition to fatherhood. Got it. And there was hardly anything in terms of parenting classes. It was all for women or even the info, the books. I mean, the books were yeah. for women. Yeah. Largely. Yeah. 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 And most of, most of the info was dad, you need to support mom. And there's hardly anything about <laughs> the kind of support that I knew I was going to need. Right. That's very congruent to why you started the meetup group. I mean, it seems. Well, yeah. Like it, yeah. I was going through my own stuff. I had my second child and was yeah. like, Oh, maybe I should probably figure this stuff out. Yeah. You know, and taking yeah. parenting classes and doing that. Um, you know, I just, I wasn't taking it from the clinical standpoint. I was just kind of lost and going, Hey, maybe there's other guys that have these same issues, yeah, you know? Yeah. So you, you know, you were going to school, you did, you look at it then from sort of from your own perspective, was there any thought, you know, looking at it out and saying there's, there's nothing out here. Wow. That could be a good marketing opportunity or a good business opportunity as well. 
It was, it was, I'd like to say I'm that thoughtful and calculated, but like most psychologists, I'm actually a terrible business person. So I was a psych major in college. Yeah. So so basically the way it worked out was I, I found a mentor here in town who himself, he's one of the very few people who does names, Dr. Jeff Jones. He's been a fantastic mentor of mine. And he, he got me started in the, the dad's class business and then ultimately I took his over I applied for a grant and I got I got a first five grant to sort of seed up the website and and the infrastructure for the class so what year was this like that you were that was 2006 okay when I got when I got that grant and it was 2000 it was really 2004 or so when I so even you know 9 10 11 years ago there was you're saying there just really wasn't anything out there still I mean yeah, I mean, there were people doing some research in the area, but it certainly hadn't trickled down to mainstream psychology practice. Like even now, very, very few psychologists would or, or mental health practitioners broadly would say, "Yes, I specialize in men's issues." They'll be right. like, "Yeah, yeah, I treat everybody." Sure, right. Sure, it's baked into everything else. Right. Yeah. And so you started a practice. You said you also were teaching these classes, and I think that's how I also saw that you were. Um, I, I think it was we were having our child, and I actually saw the classes you were teaching them at one of the hospitals. Why didn't you come to the class, man? I because <laughs> I, I thought I knew everything. I would, yeah, yeah, exactly. I would yeah. cut you free. See, that was me. Like like many men. I was like, what do you mean? I don't need help with this. Exactly. I'm perfectly fine. Um, That's why I market to the moms. <laughs> I Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that was, I mean, it is a lot of it was ego. It's mm. just, you know, hey, why would I? In fact, when my wife took the first parenting classes that I've now like think are the greatest things in the world, <laughs> she came home and she's like, hey, this would be great. If you t-. I'm like, I'm not taking a parenting class. Like I, I, my parents were great. Like I know how to, I mean, that yeah. was really the I attitude. Book. <laughs> yeah. That was really the attitude thinking that. And then now looking back, I was like, wow, how could I even have thought that way? Right. You know, cause now after, you know, taking classes and reading and even doing this, it's like, there's so much out there to learn mm-hmm. that, you know, having an ego just ruins it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it just, it roadblocks you. It just keeps you from, you know, from, from learning more, having better relationships, all of that. So, yeah. Um, so no, definitely. And, and so, okay. So you were, you know, sort of, you were, you know, giving consultations and sort of focusing, were you still doing obviously family, you were family practicing or no, so I don't actually see kids. It's, it's, that's a specialized kind of training that you get. So I work with the parents, I work with men and women and I don't actually do straight up family practice. Okay. But I did, what I started doing was, was research. So in addition to the clinical work that I do, I have an ongoing program of research that looks at paternal involvement with children and, and men's transition to fatherhood. And so all my sort of professional ducks ended up, I started really focusing on training opportunities to get more work with men and, and, you know, join some of the associate professional associations that focus on like there's a, the, the American psychological association has a division devoted to the psychological study of men and masculinity. Right. It's a very small division, but it's also very tight knit. And so when I meet other people that do men's stuff and fatherhood, you tend to just click right. and, and right. they're very open about that was a question I had. Like, did you just jump right into that or did you start off with like marriage counseling or other types of counseling prior to deciding, hey, men is the area I want to focus on? It, it's I started more as a generalist. Mm, OK. And which most do. I would yeah. Assume. You kind of find your niche you as, think, a, you know. as a generalist, but more specializing in um, in anxiety and, okay. and mood mm-hmm. disorders more more broadly. But 
Um, so you were connecting the mood disorders and the anxiety and stuff to the transition of fatherhood mm-hmm. and that connection. And then another thread of, of the research that, that I was really involved in was positive psychology. So in addition to looking at, you know, how do you remediate deficits in, in problematic areas, you at the same time look at, well, what's going really, really well with you? You know, yeah. what's right with you? Got it. And then how do we... Focus on, on the that. positive. Yeah, and yeah. then, well, right. no, you focus on both. You leverage the positive towards the areas of difficulty, which, okay. again, a lot of practitioners, they don't do. Right. Huh. Sort of like, focused on the negative. How do we fix that? Yeah, if you're less yeah. depressed, then good. And to me, that's not thriving. Got it. Right. Uh, right. That's interesting. That it's is. a different, it's a def- definitely a different perspective. So, you know, one of the topics you'd mentioned was that anxiety and probably I'm sure you said depression comes with that too. Um, you know, how do, or I should say, how do you guys typically deal with that? You know, what is the, the common thing? Because, you know, do they just internalize it? I mean, because that's what seems to be the case. I no, mean, no, they stuff it or they externalize it. And how do they externalize it? So uh, drinking, cheating, ah. gambling, um, acting out. Got it. Mm. So we're like teenagers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're just glorified teenagers just, yeah, as, as we go through that process. Yeah. It's a great business model for me, mind you. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is that is uh, that makes total sense. Yeah. You know, because women will talk about it. Women will have their friends or family, and we we've kind of touched on this quite a bit. Yeah. Is the reason for the meetup and everything else? It's like the guys just don't talk about it. Yeah, right. you know, they don't. Well, there's the old adage about like if, if a guy cheats. If, for example, he's just a dog. He's going to cheat anyway. You know, whereas women, if the women do it, there's some sort of psychological reasoning behind right. it, which is not necessarily true. Well, no, what was it that we said is when a guy cheats, he's a dog. And when, when a woman cheat, cheats, it's because he's yeah, a dog. Her, yeah, right, exactly. I like that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but apparently that's not the case. There's obviously psychological reasons you could probably get to that. There's a reason behind it. Well, yeah, I mean, so the flip side of the, some... the flip side <laughs> yeah. of the coin of men being externalizers, again, sexist statement number 19 of the day is <laughs> mostly men listening. So it's OK. Right, yeah. say, is that uh, women tend to w- tend to internalize yeah. and will sort of sit with and ruminate, whereas your average guy is looking to just stuff it and move on. Yeah. And a lot of times those externalizing behaviors like drinking or cheating or, you know, running around or a high intensity, call them dopaminergic yeah. experiences that really helps to distract you and do the emotional stuffing. Right. Got it. Yeah. We've had, you know, in the meetups, it's, it, we have had some people that have come in suffering from anxiety and depression and sort of doing that. And it's interesting because, you know, I, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's great to now have yeah, be connected a to a resource because they, they, they were, they coming in and, you know, we are doing, I wouldn't say we're surface, but in a sense we are, we're talking about sort of advice and things like that. And, when somebody's really having that kind of issue, you've got to be a little bit more, you know, careful with it, if you yeah, will, yeah. you know. And so we recommend, I mean, that was the recommendation. It's like, you need to talk to a professional. Yeah, you know? if it gets to that point where you're having really, really things that are interfering with your work or your life. Right. You need to talk to a professional. Yeah. yeah. Helps that meetup groups, definitely. Yeah, no, I think the meetup, the really meetup good, maybe even part. provided a little bit of a motivation to be like, you know what, maybe I do need to talk to somebody else, right, yeah. you know, which was the first step of even just coming out and saying, hey, listen, I'm, I'm kind of going through some issues, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which I think for a guy is a, is a big deal alone. It's a huge deal. We don't do that very much. I mean, well. by the time they yeah. even get to you, that's a pretty big step. You know, the idea that they've, you know, reached out, whether it's a call, they were referred, whatever. They've already sort of made that mental jump that like, oh, maybe I 
do have an issue. Yeah. You know, maybe I, I need to get some help. Or they get dragged into it by their partner. That's, which which <laughs> also, most case. Yeah. No, it's about 50-50. I was going to say, how common is it? Yeah. Is it, it's, is it half it's, half? it's really about 50-50. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's it's the, the dad just, he's tried everything and right. hasn't worked out. And sometimes it's the mom. She feels like they've tried everything or the, or the partner. Right. And, and she'll reach out. And right. what would you say? I mean, you know, can you, I mean, there's obviously probably so many answers to it and people are so different, but at the same time, all men are the same, you know, <laughs> um, can you put some commonalities together for people who might be listening to sort of understand, you know, how does the anxiety and depression typically come about? I mean, I can look at my own, process that I went through mm-hmm. and I had financial stress. Yeah. You know, there's a stress on the relationship. Yeah. There's the provider, which is a little separate from financial, but just like, Oh my, I have to make sure that everyone's okay, yeah. you know, and sort of keeping it all together. There's time. I mean, there's, yeah. there's all these issues. I would imagine that's, is that what they're coming? That's, that's what manifests itself into then the anxiety and depression kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. In addition to the, you know, the financial stuff, the work-life balance, the relationship issues that inevitably, I mean, statistically, a, a mom and dad's relationship satisfaction goes down mm-hmm. right after the birth of a child, particularly the first child. Um, Is that on both sides? On both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's Thankfully, there's plenty that you can do to keep that from <laughs> happening, but a lot right. of times guys aren't really well socialized to do it. But right. another really important factor is if you have a history of mental health difficulty. So for example, if you've had significant anxiety or you've had depression or pregnancy is not going to help it. Well, it may just cycle you back into it because there's some stress associated with pretty much any kind of adjustment that you're going to make. And it's becoming a parent is an adjustment and it doesn't have to be an overwhelming or difficult one, but that's one factor. So it's just, is it just the fact that it's a major life change? I mean, you know, just that alone, you know, it's interesting. We took a poll. We were going around and like everybody when they had their when the meetup group, they had their first child somewhere within that like year two, whatever. They had major job change. Hmm. They bought a house or moved into somewhere and became financial. You know, it was like there were yeah. so many commonalities of like the shift mm-hmm. that happens, you know, going from a dude to a dad of like <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, you've got to have a bigger place, yeah. you know? And so you look at, Oh, am I providing enough? Do I need to get a better job or do you know, make more money? Well, so this yeah. is, I mean, this is, there's, it's multiple factors that go into that very robust research finding that relationship satisfaction goes down. It's not just cause you have a kid. It's because now you have a mortgage and now you have the job <laughs> shift and less time. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. All these sorts of things. Right. So that's cool. We are somewhat correct, and it's backed with actual research. Yeah, exactly. That we can produce, you know, say, hey, what we were feeling is actually real. Right. Yeah. That's pretty, you know. So do you, I mean, that is still an ongoing thing for you of studying that from the clinical side of actually doing the research. It is. But there's another another related point about men experiencing specifically depression. And so the way that I, my tagline is I study men's perinatal mental health. So that's the period spanning conception to about a year or so postpartum. Um, postpartum depression in men, the number one risk factor, the number one strongest predictor is mom's postpartum depression. Oh, wow. Even above and beyond, if the dad has had a history of major depressive disorder, mom's experience of postpartum depression is a stronger predictor of him having 
clinically significant sure de- depression in the postpartum period and it looks different than it does for moms that's another trick is it because he's absorbing the energy from her it's some because level? the relationship, the relationship is so strained. important and men are socialized to get the majority of course i'm speaking in heterosexual terms so i'm talking sure, about sure. male female couples here yeah but men are socialized to try to get the majority of our closeness the majority of our emotional intimacy needs met in our primary romantic relationship right. and and if as that relationship satisfaction starts taking a hit he's having problems I mean you're not having sex as much you're not connecting as much you're not yeah. talking I mean whatever it is you're not spending enough time yep. together whatever your love language exactly. is you know exactly. you're, you're not doing that and that's definitely yeah I could see that so a lot of times people say well aren't you just blaming the mom for him getting depressed no I'm, I'm pointing to how how we deal with it <laughs> well, how important the relationship is yeah, and that's right. why you don't just deal with a postpartum dad in a in a vacuum you've got to look at the relationship and the family yeah. system so is, then you start system, talking it's a yeah. unit exactly yeah. Yeah. so you start i mean this is going pretty broad but you start talking about date nights and you start talking about spending time together i mean those are, are those the kinds of things that you deal with and start talking about i mean it depends on what they have going on but largely it's communicating proactively how to have um productive conflict how to make sure that you're creating meaning and, and having more more connection fun in the yeah. relationship outside of yeah how do you fight yeah. fair and how do you have more fun basically wow hmm. should have met him a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> could have been so valuable yeah you know? right. doing okay but it's just you know it's, is yeah i know it's well i mean this is information it's funny because like i it's so valuable yeah. to get this information but it's amazing how few of us seek it out yeah you know, because well, we really don't know where to get it, yeah. how to get it. And, and, you know, and that's I think that's the purpose of what we're trying to do is it's, you know, can we provide some information that is typically not found anywhere? You know, yeah. Um, like one of the things that was interesting, like even on our podcast, you know, we have all these tips and advice and all this stuff. Our number one downloaded podcast is the divorce segment. <laughs> right. Hmm. It just and I think because there's not a lot of information out there, like how do you deal with divorce? Mm-hmm. You know, and so in the same vein, I mean, this may be more focused on, let's say, the anxiety and depression. It's like, how do you deal with that? You know, and is a guy going out and looking on Amazon and going, how should I deal with this anxiety and depression about my baby? Right. I, I don't I don't know. You know, I mean, there's seekers and there's non-seekers. Believe me, they Google it. They are. Oh, well, yeah. they're Googling <laughs> it, but are they willing to pay for it? Yeah, <laughs> you know? you're right. But that's what you have your way. Thankfully, yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, but I guess the percentages of people you imagine, you know, that you're seeing the people who are actually proactively looking for it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's where I'm getting. It's like I know, you know, I, I could probably go through my friends list and know a, a huge amount that had probably dealt with a lot of issues during that time, and what I has what I have seen or didn't really do much about it. Mm-hmm. Right. You just kind of grind through it and hope that you get well, you hold on. There's, an, you know? there's an awesome research factoid on this, which is that the average amount of time that a person who's told that they have a, a, a cardiac problem, the average amount of time that goes between when they find that out and they make a, an appointment to go be seen by a specialist is six days. The average amount of time that passes between when one or both of the partners in a relationship feels like eh, something's not going well here. And when they make that first appointment, if year they and a half? make it six years. Oh, wow. wow. So couples counseling gets a, gets kind of a bad rap, A, because, you know, there are some not so good couples counselors out there. Sure. But B, because a lot <laughs> of times. Everyone does it too late. When couples get there, yeah, there's either been so much damage done or there's so much of a divide there that, you you know, the people have to be really motivated. Wow. Yeah. That is an incredible statistic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what, like, wow, that's like. 
exponentially larger than what you would expect. Luckily, I like a challenge. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so... And you it, pay by the hour, so it's like... You know. Well, so, so, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, you're including the whole family. Obviously, the, you know, the, the, the issues that you face when you're having a child, they're so much more involved, like mm-hmm. you said. I mean, it is the, it's the wife or the you know, significant other or whatever, along with... I'm sure there's extended family. There's all oh, kinds yeah. of stuff yeah. that you have to deal with. And we've, yeah. we've touched on a couple of those things. Um, you know, what are some things... I mean, when somebody is dealing with this kind of things, do you give tips or things that maybe for the listeners that... You know, things that they may be able to do, um, you know, yeah. short of seeking help out. Yeah. But, you know, well, first is just to be aware that that men will oftentimes experience their own mental health issues differently than a sort of stereotypical feminized way. For example, with depression, a lot of times men, rather than get, you know, weepy and, you know, sort of crying in the corner and like this sort of thing, it's the, the term is masked male depression. And so your average guy who's having this kind of sort of male centric depression looks angry. He looks withdrawn and he looks pissed off mm-hmm. basically. And so rather and, and it can be very confusing to him because what feels like irritation and frustration oh, wow. and just sort of pulling back from people because he's thinking negatively about himself or trying to, you know, use some substances and take the edge off a bit, that guy's depressed, but he's not. He doesn't know that. No, nor yeah. does, nor typically do the people that are closest to him. So what is, I mean, I guess, yeah, so that's I mean, recognition and answer to your question. Yeah, I One guess is just knowing that. So some way to identify that, you know, I guess, it, you know, on the, on a higher level, do they know, well, wow, maybe I'm drinking too much because something's wrong, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. or are they not even thinking on that level? You know, it's may, the may or may not. But yeah. I mean, there. But so related to those points, there are pretty specific things that you can do. If for if, for example, if it's depression or a lot of anxiety, um, make sure that dads that you're getting social support from somebody other than your partner. It's not fair. It's not reasonable to assume that that she or he is going to be able to to meet all of your social support needs. Right. But right. that's what we're socialized to think. We can only be vulnerable. You know. For so does that mean going out with the guys? I mean, what does that mean? Yeah. yeah it can yeah. mean golf. It can mean coffee. It can mean a phone call to your brother. In law, it. it doesn't really matter. Just some kind of social outlet. and doing mm-hmm. it proactively, not letting that fall off the radar. Right. That's one. And another thing related to the relationship satisfaction thing is, I always counsel couples. I always tell couples to do what I call the, the weekly state of the union meeting, which is mm-hmm. the two of them sit down and just check in with each other. How you doing? Here's what's going well for me. Here's what's a problem for me. Here's what's what, what, and what about you? But it's not a nag fest. It's not, here's what I want you to do. You don't do the family logistics. It's just, I want you to know how I'm doing, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And if you do that proactively instead of reactively, I, I just hit over a thousand dads that have gone through my oh, class. Wow. And the ones that- Which class? The, the basic training the basic for training. dads. Okay, cool. And, and that's the thing. That's I know you have a couple of classes. So yeah. 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 But, but that's the one where they tend to come back and say, doc, it was the state of the union thing that that made, that was a game changer. Wow. Wow. Well, one of the things too, I mean, do you, you're here in San Diego. Do you, do you practice nationally? I mean, do people, can people call in and they do that? can, they can. So, so this is another, so I work with an outfit called the postpartum support international. Okay. And they have a website. I'll, I'll butcher it if I try to say it here, but Google <laughs> postpartum support international. Yeah. But for example, somebody comes into dudes to dads and says, Hey, um, I've actually, you know, I'm really anxious or I, you know, yeah. it turns out I'm feeling depressed, direct them to PSI to their website and I, I host a monthly dad's call in. Oh, okay. And it's oh. free and you can just call in and, and 
So what is, what is the way that people can get a hold of you? I mean, what, what is the best way for you, you know, go through my website, menexcel.com. Okay. And we'll definitely, you know, we'll put that up on, um, when we post the, 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 the episode, audio in yeah. the episode. So, um, people can get in touch with you if they had questions or they need some assistance or something like that. That'd be great. Um, so what else from the tip standpoint from the anxiety and depression so far, those are great. I mean, those are great nuggets. Yeah. It's like, you know, one, like you said, the identifying and just kind of understanding that, Hey, maybe there's some issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what are some other things that the guys can do to, you know, beyond just recognize it? What are some coping mechanisms that are, that are healthy? You said, go talk with friends or go out, you know, are there other things that you know people can do? Yeah. Lots of them. Um, you know, there's, you know, clinical techniques and tools that I'll work with them on, but, but one of them that I find to be particularly helpful is for guys to learn how to express emotions other than anger, other than, and when I say anger, I mean, frustration, irritation, anger, all of that pissed off to me. It's just sort of all on the same axis of emotion there. But what we were saying earlier, guys externalize. It's very easy to externalize anger, Mm -hmm. but when we look really mad, our partner doesn't understand what's going on for us internally. And frankly, we may not, we may not either, but right. usually anger is a secondary emotion. And there's right. usually a primary emotion under that. That's of very course. difficult. I resent the baby because I don't have you to myself anymore. Fear being alone. Anxiety, and there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Jealousy, you know, and all of this, what a really big thing that guys can do is to actually, when they're, when they're angry, when they're irritable or frustrated, whatever it is, just pull the mental bus over for a second and really check in and say, Okay, I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm irritated. What else? Mm-hmm. And then communicate that. So, like, why are you saying actually? You're saying what else? Does that mean why? Like, no. what made me do that? Like, no, made- I'm also very anxious that this is going to ruin my okay. relationship. I'm not just um, mad. I also have this exactly. Anxiety. Those are what are those more primary? Yeah, and that's the opposite. That's why women women tend to be more in touch with those yeah. because you have to be internal, right? Internalizing to do that, whereas we're we're getting angry and blaming stuff outside. And of simply stuff. asking that question could mm-hmm. be a catalyst to even, even looking at that. I'm mm-hmm. angry. Ah, why? Uh, what else do you feel and like? What else? Oh, man, exactly. I didn't about that. I'm, well, I'm also frustrated with this. Well, frustrated with what? Oh, well, my baby's doing this. Okay. Well, this. well and maybe, you know, cause there are, it's funny. We, we actually have gotten some emails from women, but you know, for women listening, cause some of the women are listening to like, Hey, what are these guys talking about? <laughs> what can the wives or the girlfriends or the significant others do in those kinds of situations. I mean, you're kind of, are you helpless? Are you kind of, no. you know, what, what can you do without trying to frustrate somebody more? It kind know? of depends where they are in the, in the, in the cycle. Um, one of the things that the, the partners can do, particularly if they're, you know, within that first year or so postpartum is one work really hard to give dad as much alone time with the baby ah, as yes. soon as possible, because that engenders a sense of confidence in dad, which then can, can yeah, versus like, hey, listen, you're not breastfeeding. You can't do anything. Don't worry exactly. about it. Exactly. <laughs> in, in, in the biz, it's called gatekeeping. Right. Ma- maternal gatekeeping. Totally. And it happens. No, the for, baby likes me. The baby's much more calm when he's with me. Like, my, yeah. my favorite is the baby wants you to apologize. Like, I, can, I, I speak for the baby. And it's like, well, some dads awesome. never try to do that. Yeah, yeah, right. The baby yeah. wants to go to the green no, flash. The baby told me point. on the side that you're not so right. cool. Exactly. <laughs> but that's, that's one that is, yeah. no, that is, that makes sense. That's, yeah. that's funny. I always have, uh, I'll just kind of, kind of back to what is the, the primary stressors that cause these issues? I mean, it's kind of a vague question, but which we talked about say, a little bit, the finance. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. Like what are the, what would you say like the top three to five 
stressors are in relationships when you come to this? It, it varies hugely, but one is if you have a clinically, bio- I guess which ones. If you <laughs> have a biological predisposition toward a mood or anxiety disorder, that's sort of the substrate upon which the whole. And then you said thing the women rests. having it was that yeah. a common thread, like what you've experienced. Yeah, is it, is it okay to me to ask that? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, yeah, because like, so you're saying that. Biological predeterminants are one. They certainly can be, but then, they, but then there's going to be the actual environmental stressors that would that would bring them out. Okay. For example, a big life change. Right. Like, it's not just I become a father. It's I have the role change that involves becoming a father, and then in the relationship, I am I'm in love with a woman who's also navigating the role change of becoming a mother. So there's a lot of working yeah, parts, and it yeah. gets confusing and frankly, kind of threatening. It's sure. It's not an easy road. No, the financial stuff. (laughs) We wouldn't be here if it was. The lack of sleep. I mean, that's not a that's not a small thing that can really kind of wreak havoc with your. Yeah, Yeah, you don't take care of yourself. You're like eating, you know, eating whatever you can because you don't have enough time. And then you're, you know, yeah. I I mean, I remember I said which my wife was so wonderful in 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 taking a lot of that nighttime responsibility on because Mm -hmm. I was working and she, you know, so it was I had I was lucky that way, you Mm -hmm. know, that I was Mm -hmm. able to get some sleep, especially with the second child. Um, but I remember even just during the first and those times where I was, I was a zombie. Like, right. I, I mean, and it's funny to see other people in your office, yeah. that you know, are like a little disheveled. They're like, oh, they just had a kid. Boy. Yeah. You the know? new dads are coming in. He's got a baby brain. in the world. Yeah. yeah. He just looks like, hey, how's it going? Like, oh. right. <laughs> like a zombie walking in there. But is, that, is financial part of that as well? Or is yeah, that like a definitely. hand in hand with that? Well, think about it. If it if, for guys, we're generally socialized that a big part of what makes us who successful we are, yeah, yeah. is we're a provider, right? We keep sure. the saber tooth. So way we have a roof over the head and then we provide for our families right yeah and what's provision it's earning and right. so we tend to have a lot of that role change is wrapped up in how well am i doing at that very heavily socialized role right. and i quit right. my uh i had i left my job uh or my role i was running a company right before my first child how awesome was that? Wow. Just blew all the dust yeah. off the pipes. Yeah, it's like we might time. as well make it complete. We should have moved and had a you yeah. know parents were sick. I mean, it was exactly. like, oh yeah. It was just the perfect storm of yeah. going through all that. Yeah. And you know what was amazing was that my wife was supportive at the time, which it's, I look back, I'm like, how? You know, like <laughs> what was she thinking? Well, you know, there there was a little bit of obviously uncertainty, but that sure. trust and that support of like, hey, well, you know, you're obviously hopefully you know what you're doing. Sure. Yeah. You know? And I oh. became a consultant and it was fine, but you know, luckily, but there was some struggle with that and that was yeah. uh, looking back I probably could have waited a little longer <laughs> um, but you know when you're in situations that you're just like ah, I don't think this is a good situation for me yeah. you know you you try to make the best and especially like you said when you have a child on the way you start to think completely different than you've ever thought before you know you start to th- look three-dimensional you start you're looking within like am I doing something of value there's all kinds of changes I mean I went through a lot of that personally of like yeah. am I really adding value in the world, you know, <laughs> am I going to, am I going to be proud of what I'm doing to tell my child? I mean, there's all kinds of things that go through your head when you're in that. That's, process, a, that's you know? a great example of the thought process related to a role change. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it, it. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I, I think because I went through all this, it hits so hard because yeah. I did. I mean, that was this is the impetus of why I'm doing what I'm doing now. It's mm-hmm. like that that role change was so big. It was such a big deal. Um, you know, some people at least like it appears like it's not that big of a deal, but I think they're full of it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is something that I, that I, that I tell patients all the time. It's not fair to judge your interior and compare it 
to someone's exterior. It's an apples True. to oranges comparison because right. they're struggling with their own stuff and we all engage in impression management That's, and we don't throw it all can out Can you repeat there. that again? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not fair to compare your interior to somebody else's exterior. It's, it's not an, it's That's a beautiful fair quote. comparison. Yeah. That is, that, I mean, no, I mean, that really rings true. It's like yeah. you just. But you, everybody does it. Oh, absolutely. And if you're depressed and if you're anxious and you're walking around with all these negative thoughts and it's bugging you and you're telling yourself and nobody else has it, but it's just not the case. Right. Yeah. And nobody knows. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because we don't talk about it. I mean, your family doesn't know, especially the guy. Oh, no, everything's cool. Mm -hmm. How's everything going? Oh, awesome. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I'm not getting any sleep. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, me and my uh, wife are just so romantic all the time. I mean, everything's just wonderful, you know? (laughs) And it's like. Yeah, it's not. It's not <laughs> well, as peachy. You know? Related to the question you asked, what can the moms do? One of the best things the moms can do is work to keep themselves healthy. Yeah. If they're having difficulty, then they can be proactive about it as well. But then also one piece of that is they go out and get support. It's not just, you know, dad goes out and plays golf or goes surfing or whatever. She needs to do that. And they both need to be proactive about making sure the other one is not isolating and is getting in with other people and that it's happening guilt free. It doesn't, it doesn't come at a cost where they throw it in each other's face later on. That's huge. Yeah. Right. That's amazing. You know what I want to do? I want to take a short break and uh, we'll come back in a second um, and we'll come back with uh, some final thoughts and, and, kind of wrap this thing up okay great deuce dads would like to thank dr singley for joining us today if you would like more information about dr singley and the center for men's excellence he can be reached at his website www.menexcel.com that's m-e-n-e-x-c-e-l and on facebook at facebook.com slash men excel thanks again dr dan we're back. Um, so one of the things, you know, that I, I was really interested in is understanding, you know, the really the differences. And we touched on it a little bit, the, the differences of men and women. I mean, you focused, you know, obviously your practice more on men, hence the Center for Men's Excellence mm-hmm. in the name mm-hmm. makes total sense <laughs> right. um, of really the differences of how men and women deal with this stuff. You know, how, what what are the major differences you talked? I think we, you know, we touched on. Guys, yeah, depression and and sort of the differences of that and how that manifests itself. Yeah, there are also some pretty well verified through research differences in the ways that that fathers and mothers tend to interact with their kids, particularly with infants. And and one is that men tend to spend a a higher percentage of our time in play. So fathers play more with their kids. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. And mothers, yeah. So, and I hesitate to say, you know, rough and tumble because you don't want to be so rough with, an infant, with an infant, but, but <laughs> more jazzed up, a more yeah, sort of yeah. higher intensity place. And it's funny that also we, we had this conversation once about even if the infant is a boy or a girl, it, the difference just mentally of thinking like, oh, the boy, you know, more rough and tumble and play versus like why the girl could do the same thing. They can. You know, it, there are interestingly, there's the research on it is mixed, but sort of get the interaction of the gender of the baby and how dads or, or moms will interact with them. It's what you would think. Dads yeah. tend to be a little bit more jazzed up with the with the little boys. One of the interesting implications is there's a solid body of research which shows that the the more heavily involved fathers are with their infants, even with infants with newborns, that involved down, meaning time touching, spending time everything. playing with them, changing their diapers, cuckooing, you know, all of, all of this kind of stuff. The more that fathers are involved with even their infants, 
that down the road, those kids tend to emotionally regulate better. They have higher IQs. They're more ready for school. They have, they're more uh, socially accepted. What do you, what is it? I mean, what is it? So the, the actual link of why can't just say we're better. Yeah. We're just better. (laughs) No, it goes back to sort of what's different. And one way to look at that is that if you think about it from the baby's perspective at the level of the, of the child's nervous system, their neuroendocrine system, when a dad, the mental images here is uh, the dad's throwing the baby up in the air, you know, gives him a little toss. When that happens, the baby has a little spike in, in hormones, <laughs> right? It's a little wee juice, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And the more that... That's the, a funny picture. The more <laughs> the dad, the more the dad <laughs> does that, um, stereotypically what happens is the dad throws him up, wee, wee, does yeah. that three times and then puts the baby down and walks off and checks his phone for a minute <laughs> or so. And then comes back and does it all over again. And again, thinking through it at the baby's level, this gets the baby into a highly aroused state. But then by getting put down, the baby's allowed to self-regulate and down-regulate emotionally down to a lower intensity state. Whereas sexist statement number 53 of the day, (laughs) typically moms with infants have a much more lower intensity and sustainable. Even keel? Yeah. So think they've got the little nursing pillow on and and it's wheels on the bus go round and round. (laughs) And it's like this, whereas, you know, and babies need all of this. But the the idea is that by getting the the babies that much more jazzed up and then allowing them to downregulate, that may be one of the mechanisms through which dad's play more rough and tumble right. play allows the babies to have those all those neat outcomes i talked about earlier do you remember scott our in our meetup said that all the world's problems can be solved by wrestling oh right, you remember that? <laughs> That's right. he said you know everything with your children can be solved by wrestling yeah yeah uh, just but it, it, you know understanding your body the physical t- i mean like all kinds of stuff and it was like that kind of made sense now that you know now i'm like wow he actually knew what he's talking about i'm, I'm imagining like a wrestling pit at the world health organization yeah. thunderdome but it's good for the children yeah, right exactly we have off to the top like drops yeah, yeah. Um, no so you, that i mean that that's really interesting i mean the idea so the tip is dads get more involved you're i mean you know i guess they think well you know the baby needs to be fed it needs to do this and it's like they're benefiting from that mom experience and that bond I know for me personally, I, I, I think I suffered a little bit from that. It was like, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like the baby would need to be fed. Okay. She was breastfeeding. Okay. There. I'm kind of missed out on that one. Okay. Maybe I could take a bottle once in a while. Right. Um, I didn't mind changing, you know, I'd change, but didn't certainly change as much diapers as, as my wife. Um, you know, and so it is, it's like, okay, well, what can you do with the baby still? And you're right. It's just holding it, play with it, throw it. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, yeah. I, wait, that's a, the, don't throw, throw the baby. But yeah. 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 Gentle tossing. Tossing Gentle. up in the air and catching it Wee. is the key, yeah. right? Yeah. Don't <laughs> we should it. use that as a soundbite. Wee. The related question though is moms allow dad to do these things. We talked about yeah. gatekeeping a little bit earlier and different than mom doesn't equal bad. Right. And so this is a dynamic that I see over and over again. And, and don't throw the baby. New parents. Don't, don't <laughs> yeah. kick the baby. Yeah. Don't punt the baby over there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just, just so that moms and dads understand, you know, they have different things to offer kids and their right. different styles are okay. That's awesome. That's cool. Well, we're closing up here. Is there any final words uh, that you have for the, for the masses out there? We're now internationally, uh, our exposure we're definitely going to give the information uh, for Dr. Singley you know we'll put it on the website where they can contact him if you're local in the area in San Diego um, definitely you know 
can see you personally. Uh, do you take phone calls? Do things like that? I, I mean, will field calls. Yeah. So if somebody is in a different yeah. area, you can. It's all it. on the website. Got What's it. your website address again? It's it's www.menexcel. Menexcel. M e n e x c e l. Yeah. Dot com. That's me. All right. That's awesome. Well, uh, thank you, Daniel. Danny. I'm sorry. Danny. We're still on a Danny. Danny. Yeah, it's only Danny Daniel basis. when I'm in trouble. It's <laughs> Daniel. I'm looking around for my mom. There you go. And to say your last name. Uh, but Danny, thank you for, for putting uh, some great information here. Um, you know, all the tips and information is really valuable. You know, the guys that are you know suffering from stuff like this, yeah. you know, anxiety and depression. It's just it's very, very valuable to to, you know, at least recognize it. Seek out some help if you need it. There's no shame in that, obviously. Um, and you know, get the help that you need, and that's what we're here for. So, if we have a listener that has some advice that we can't tackle, would we be able to contact you? Yeah, go straight to my the, the website has a contact me. Okay, great. Yeah, and let them know you heard it on the podcast. Yeah, um, dudes to dads, yeah. dudes to dads dot com. If you have any questions, email us podcast at dudes to dads dot com. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher. On iTunes, you can go give us a review. Uh, prefer nice to be five stars. Five stars would be nice. And make sure you hit that subscribe button. And uh, anything else, Alan? No, I think we're good. That was really helpful. I, I love the psychological part of it, being that I was and a psych major. And the data. The data is awesome. The data, it's like yeah. actual real data. We just talk about True like. marketers speaking. Yeah. Data. Yeah. Data. Well, no, but a lot of the stuff we stuff. talk about here is just, you know, it's kind of like experience and yeah. what we think. and stuff. But when you actually like have some data to back it up. Yeah, it does cool. help to understand it from the psychological perspective and, and the actual professional perspective, not just kind of theories but you have data to back it up but well, hearing the psychology part of it made me well there's no substitute for experience and, yeah. and I, I really appreciate you having me on and I, I'm a huge fan of what it is that you're doing it's yeah. a fantastic resource that what all three of us could have used yeah yeah, yeah. For sure. sure. Well, the big dude over here, he's gonna be he's gonna be so poised and ready to go. Yeah, I don't have kids yet. Somewhere. Oh yeah, you're I'm gonna, gonna you're gonna slay. You're gonna be a Jedi master. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. That's awesome. Darth awesome. Well, with that, thank you for another great uh, episode, and we'll see you next time. See you soon. Mm-hmm.